Hello, you are listening to Audio Fanfic Podcast. Sea Glass Blue by Mel Forbes on AO3. Rating General Audiences. Chapter 16. When he wakes in the morning, the clock on his bedside table says it's 10, and her side of the bed is unmade, her suitcase open, her pajamas left in a heap on top. Leaning over, he checks her pillcase. She took this morning's, then falls back into bed. Should he go looking for her, or does she want a moment alone? There are cracks in the ceiling, cracks he fears he'll always remember. Even with the windows closed, he can still hear the ocean. He thinks about conch shells. He thinks of his sister teaching him seashells resonate and swearing that if you hold one up to your ear, you can hear the ocean. And they grew up next to the ocean, so he never had a chance to prove her wrong, and he hasn't really thought of the sound since. He wonders if they'll take this place home in shells, and then those shells will line his windowsill in his apartment, and she may never live in her own again, or he may never live in his, and they don't know where they'll be going when they get back. They don't know where they'll call home this time. But maybe they've never had a home, or at least he hasn't, and he's found home in the driver's seat while she sits in the passenger, and she goes into the gas station and gets two Cokes, real Cokes, not diet and he spits the shells of his sunflower seeds into a paper coffee cup from two states ago, and she gets out the money for tolls. Home is a feeling. Home is a person. He thinks of her blue-striped couch, of her body next to his on their wedding night, and maybe that was consummation, the sign of legitimacy. The two of them canted towards each other, asleep on the couch, remnants of cake icing beneath their fingernails. What did it mean to fall asleep next to someone? What did it mean to wake up alone instead? And he misses her. How can he miss her already? At least this feels newlywed. Maybe they finally reached the honeymoon part of this trip. For he's out of bed, and she must have taken a sweater, so instead he pulls on a t-shirt and the pair of pants he wore yesterday. She's down at the beach. He can see her through the window. And she stands in a place that makes the waves crest over the tips of her bare toes. The same navy-colored dress on. The breeze picking up her hair. And she steps into the water, hiking her skirt up wading into her knees, and for a moment, he thinks she'll keep walking, and the ocean will consume her, and this is the last time he will ever see her, and she's wearing his sweater. She's wearing his sweater. He wants her to have it. He wants her to have everything. And if she wants him to, he wants to take her hand and follow her, and their clothes will rip away in the waves, seaweed tangling their legs, and they're trapped. They're trapped, and there's nowhere else to go. If sharks swim up and take their limbs, then all they'll feel is sorry that they can't hold hands anymore, that they can't lock their legs together as an anchor. If she wants him to come with her, then he'll follow. All along he thought it had been her following him around this country. Maybe he's always been the one following her. He'll follow her. He'll follow her down to the beach. He'll follow her back to the apartment that she offhandedly calls theirs. He'll follow her to graveyards. He'll follow her to the gas station that serves the best coffee in town. He'll follow her to church if she asks. And when she's gone, he pulls open the sliding glass door, then palms the railing for the stairs, taking the steps two at a time. He'll ask her once more, what's next for me? He knows she'll have the answer. Maybe she'll set him up with a grief counselor, and two weeks after she dies, he'll get a call. Mr. Mulder, your wife wanted this for you. She's already paid for the first appointment. She wants you to come. And she'll want him to keep working. She's already told him that. 
She wants him to have his work, and she wants that work to be meaningful, to keep his head above water, to keep him sane. Though she knows she's inextricably tied to his work, she hopes she hasn't poisoned that work, and she hasn't. He knows she hasn't. He'll go to work for her. Eventually, he hopes he'll start going for himself instead, and he knows enough to understand that that isn't selfish. Ahead of him on the beach, far enough away that he doesn't think she's heard him, she takes a deep breath, deep enough to raise her shoulders near her ears, then lets it out in a long, audible exhale, a purge of sorts. And she kicks at the water, and she's laughing, and this was meant to be a moment for her alone. Maybe he shouldn't be here. Maybe he should head inside and make breakfast. And should she ask if he knew where she went, he should shrug and say, The beach, I figured. But he wants to witness this. They don't have enough time to see every part of each other. He wonders if anyone has ever had that much time. But she lets go of her dress and leans down to dip her hands in the cold water and then brings her palms to her cheeks, slicks back her hair. A few days ago, he learned that she takes her ring off when she showers. So, as they stood in the little stall, his fingers running through her hair, he wore silver on his hand and she didn't. But now she has her wedding band on. Their shell, their memory, resonates and material. He wonders if that's a folklore or a myth. Whichever word means what he's thinking of, whichever word means how he'll feel when he holds her ring in his hand because her hands have gone to dust and there's nowhere else for the ring to go. And he'll hold the silver to his face and feel the cold of the ocean. He'll feel her hand in his at a diner. He'll remember that she didn't return his gloves, so the cold is good then. Whether or not he can hold the ring to his ear and hear the ocean, he'll look down at it and see flashes of her, their hands intertwined, their fingers on the steering wheel, their hands on the railing at the lighthouse, her skirt scrunched up in her palms. Now, the ends of her skirt are growing damp, but she doesn't care. She doesn't care one bit. And he wants to join her. He wants to follow her anywhere. He'll follow her into the ocean. He'll follow her to the end of the world. And he follows her onto the beach, the rocks hurting his feet. And there will never be sand on these beaches. But maybe that was the point all along. Maybe this wasn't meant to be comfortable. Maybe he'll see blood in the water when he reaches her. Maybe he'll spend the rest of the day tending to her wounds. And what a privilege. What a divine wonder it is to have her let him witness her pain. But there isn't any blood. And as he wades into the water... He realizes he never rolled up his pant legs, so now he's soaked, and they'll have to hang their clothes to dry, and he doesn't know what else they're going to do today. One day left, then two days of travel, and then home. Wherever they pitch home, wherever home decides to be. And from there, he doesn't know what'll happen, and he's afraid. So afraid that his hands shake, but he can't avoid that fear, for avoiding the fear would mean avoiding her. And some fear is worth feeling. Not all, but some this one in particular. He wants to feel this fear, for without it, he will never feel her love. Standing behind her, he takes a deep breath and hopes he won't scare her. He hopes she's not embarrassed. He hopes she has a destination in mind and that she'll reach for him and lead him there. And they're set off running and there are so many trees here and blueberries sprouting on bushes and fur breezes and buoys floating on the ocean surface and boats in the distance. And They don't have time to look at all of this. No, they survive on borrowed moments, and he trusts her judgment. He trusts that she'll take him to the right places. In their small corner of the world, he trusts that they'll have enough space. There aren't any clouds in the sky. The sea is only cold enough to make him attentive. They have one whole day together, and so much can happen in a day.
She turns to face him, and her eyes are sea glass blue. If you like this story and would like to contribute, you can do so by going to our Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash audio fanfic pod. As a patron, you are granted early access to one new story of your choosing per month. Thank you for listening. And remember, the stories are out there.